you can really truly be happier and healthier than ever in sober life. Uh, you can have more fun than ever in sober life. You can create a sober life that literally makes your drinking or uh, using life look like uh, so unappealing in comparison. So unappealing. Like it's a no-brainer which one of those lives you would want to live. So I think hang in there because if it doesn't feel that way yet, it's possible and listen to your heart and let Hey you, Sarjay from Untapped Keg. I would love it if you would come by and join our new community. It is at untappedkeg.com slash community. And when you get there, if you could fill out the poll, and let me know a little bit about you. Let me know how long you've been sober, how long you've been in recovery. Um, and then I really want to know your favorite story. And it's a fun little icebreaker. And there's been a couple of people that have answered. And um, you can read what mine is. And that is, uh, you know, it's, it's actually from a video game, Mass Effect, and it's a trilogy. And I kind of explained in detail kind of what I took from it. And it really did touch how life is not black and white, it's gray. And like, that is what I connected with so much throughout that game. Um, and then the last thing, last thing I want you to do is go there because you can be a part of the show. Do you want to hear yourself on the show? I'm going to include somebody who goes there to record a mantra that they say to themselves, a little bit of a, a saying that keeps you going, a, um, you know, a daily, a daily motivation, a daily letting yourself know that you're okay. And I'm going to start including those in the show and it'll be you. And it'll be at untappedkeg.com slash community. You can sign up anonymously. If you don't want your name read, let me know. I will not read your name. I can change your voice. We can figure it out. If you just want me to read it, if you just want me to read it, send it to me through untapskeg.com slash community. I look forward to connecting with you over there. I love you. Sobriety is scary. That's why Untapped Keg explores different perspectives of sobriety and mental health so that you know you are not alone. Hopefully, you can find something you can implement into your own life. Sobriety and mental health are topics that often are uncomfortable and complex. We do not shy away from any conversation. But you should know we try to be respectful. But there's always room to learn and grow. Everyone is welcome here, as you are, and you will be respected. We are not medical professionals and do not give medical advice. Please seek medical care if you need it. Now let's get to the show. Hey you, thanks for tapping into some Untapped Keg podcast where we look at different perspectives in sobriety and mental health so that you can take something and implement it into your life. Because we believe that there's only one way to sobriety and that way is the way that works for you. I'm RJ Zimmerman, and I'm your host. If you would like to go to untappedkeg.com slash community, that'd be great. And you'd have a chance to be on the show. Uh, before every show, we're going to start putting an affirmation that people can either read 
or you can type it and I can read it for you. You can sign up anonymously and post in there. Um, it's off of social media. So it's just us people looking for growth to be able to experience one another. On this episode, I'm lucky enough to be joined with Jake Yoder. He's a life coach who specializes in sobriety and he helps people free themselves from marijuana and alcohol. How are you doing, Jake? Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me here, RJ. I really appreciate it. I'm doing well. Um, yeah, things are good in my world. That's awesome. I know we got some exciting things. Uh, you got some exciting things to come up that are coming up. So uh, you want to let people kind of know about like what you got cooking? What, what do you have going yeah, on over there? Totally. So I've mostly just been super busy with launching the first ever group program um, in my in my coaching service. And I'm really excited about that because I've been able to expand. So it's not just me that's delivering uh, course material. Um, I'm actually bringing in a therapist and a nutritionist to teach alongside me in the group. They're each going to be doing a presentation. So it's been a really exciting opportunity to just expand on the uh, the knowledge base that you know uh, people can kind of benefit from, um, and so I've, I've kind of had my head buried in the sand working on um, getting that whole thing up and running, and I'm really excited. We're launching it in November, and the course is almost full. So. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. That is a, that's fantastic to hear. And it's exciting. It's uh it's awesome doing new things and having different ways to approach and knowing people are buying in. That's fantastic. Right. There's always um, kind of the two questions are always kind of, can I market and sell it? And then can I actually do it? <laughs> <laughs> so right. I guess we'll find out the answer to the second one. <laughs> it's going to be great. I can tell. So, uh, I'm excited for you. Um, Jake, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who is Jake Yoder? Who is Jake Yoder? Um, well, you know, it's funny that you should ask that because I've been working a lot with identity, um, and looking at the self as not as its social roles or what you think of who you think you are in relationship to other people but really as a deeper uh, place in our being where we're kind of at one with the universe, if you will. So that's immediately what comes to mind, but that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> but that's sort of an aside, I guess, you know, the story of, of, um, of who I am and how I got here has to do with going through, uh, some challenges in my early life with, uh, addiction and a lot of heavy cannabis use and alcohol and psychedelics and, um, basically using a lot of different methods, uh, mostly substance based, um, to deal with some pretty severe anxiety that I did not realize I had. It was just sort of my reality. So I didn't really see what I was doing as escaping from anxiety. Um, and I don't know that that's the only thing I was doing, but there was certainly an element of that. So 
you know, I grew up in the Northeast. Um, I spent all of high school like a total stoner. <laughs> um, and I did well. I did well in school. I did well in extracurriculars. Um, but I just was medicating uh, with cannabis daily. Like I remember smoking joints on the way to school um, in the morning, uh, you know, skipping the bus and walking to school and skipping first period and, and smoking on my way there. Um, and looking back, I had some really pretty intense anxiety about, about even, you know, like going to school for the day. And I, I think I was, I was medicating that. So, you know, that lasted into college um, where things intensified. I was, you know, I was drinking and smoking and I had started smoking tobacco and I had, uh, you know, I also was doing a lot of good stuff. I was the president of the outdoor club at my school. My GPA was a 3.5. Um, I was involved in the anthropology club. I graduated with honors, da, 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 da. But in my junior year, actually, no, my sophomore year, um, my sophomore year of college was when things really started to come to a head with uh, substance use and addiction. Um, and it was in the first semester of my junior year that a few things had happened. My, I, I lost... Uh, a really good friend who passed away in a car accident and my parents got divorced and they sold the house that I had sort of grown up in. And I also, there was a girl I was in love with and we were together and then she switched schools and she moved away. So it sort of was like, all of the worst things, the hardest things that had ever happened to me happened all in one year. Yeah. That's a lot of change and strife at just one time. Yeah. So, uh, I, I was pretty blindsided by all that. And I think there, you know, that I had already laid the groundwork for addiction. And at that point it took a darker turn and I, started to find myself around people who were using substances that I had never intended to be around. And I could kind of see that where I was going, if I didn't make a dramatic change was down the, some of the, the path that some of the people I was around had gone further down. They were using things like heroin. And um, I had gotten to the point where I was taking prescription pills that weren't prescribed to me like Adderall to try to help me keep up with all my homework as I was doing all this drug use um, and still trying to keep up with my studies in school. Uh, and I got to a point where I realized that I could not be the person I wanted to be if I didn't make a change. Um, and even when it seemed like, well, I'm doing well in school and things are okay on the surface level, I was spending so much time managing my use of cannabis and alcohol 
and um, taking psychedelics, I felt at a certain point that anything good that had come out of those experiences was was complete. It was done. It was there was no more that I could milk any of that stuff. And so I realized there was, you know, what was I doing was just really staying in a deep. So at 19 years old, I was was lucky enough to have a good influence in my life who said, go to a meeting <laughs> and, um, you know, you don't have to do, you don't have to keep doing this. So I did. And I started uh, on a path of recovery and at 19 at 19. Yeah. Wow. Nobody else was doing that. I didn't have a single friend who was like <laughs> getting sober, you know? Right. But I started early, you know, I was 14 years old when I started using. So I kind of felt like I had finished it up and, and a lot of people around me were kind of just getting started with their use. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, I've kind of done this already. I'm, I think I'm done. And I really couldn't enjoy it anymore. I mean, I, that was one of the blessings. Like my heart just knew that I could not, I really wanted to make a difference in the world. I really wanted to find a way to help people. And I wanted to find a way to alleviate suffering. And I could see how chasing pleasure in all these ways just was never going to help me serve that purpose. So I went pretty all in with recovery and, um, I leaned a lot into rock climbing and mountaineering that helped me a ton on my journey because it was a hobby that I had a passion for that I was immediately able to excel at more with, with sobriety. Yeah. It just, it does not mix well climbing mountains and, and, and being foggy headed, <laughs> and, you know, right. High or drunk at like that stuff doesn't, doesn't mix well sobriety is the best state for me to climb mountains in. I'm way better climber sober, sharp, focused. Uh, I, I'm aware of my movement and my body location. All of that stuff for me is way better sober. So I was pretty stoked on that. And that's a big part of my message and my recovery these days, because I think uh, if we have something we can really fall in love with, that's a healthy outlet. It just plays a huge role in making the whole thing, not only easier, but actually joyful and a ton of fun. So I'm kind of obsessed with, with climbing. <laughs> that's awesome. And I completely agree with you. Like, that's what I tell people when they are just starting their sobriety journey. Like, listen, what's a hobby that you enjoy that you just kind of like, let go of because you were drinking or using drugs. And so now you have more time. See if you enjoy that again, pick it up, huh. like to find a hobby. Cause you got a lot more time. Guess what? You're going to have some more money too, because, uh, you ain't going to be spending it on that stuff that it just disappears anymore either. So a hobby is a good thing. See if you can find something that's, it's amazing that you got mountaineering right away too. So, uh, what, what led you to the life coaching with the sobriety you know, coach attached to it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so true. I always like to say whenever we free ourselves from an addiction, we have three resources that become available, time, energy, and money. Yeah. 
And those are like some of the most valuable resources, you know, and um, channeling them into something else is one of the really exciting things about sobriety. You know, for me, it was this process, right? Like I, I had this entrepreneur in me that wanted to um, like do something I love and share something uh, beneficial and something profound with other people. I think I've always been really sort of a spiritual person and that um, I think a lot of human activity actually comes from a much deeper place of the way that we look at reality, the way that we relate to life and our, our understanding on a deeper, almost unconscious level often of, of how the world works. Like our, I think we're philosophical beings and whatever our philosophy really is deep down basically dictates our life. Um, and I've always wanted to find a way to like tap into that truth with other people that we could work on what our underlying philosophy is such that it might benefit our lives and the lives of our loved ones and those around us and the activities of human beings in the world. So it's, I, I just, I just need to interrupt for this like one, because I, I love that you said that. And part of the reason is, you know, before the podcast, we were talking about how I found this kind of like peace, this almost tranquility, but it's not quite, it's a contentedness. And, um, what helped me to really start my ego work and really start working through a lot of the deeper parts of me was naming my two core values. What are they like that? I want to live my life by that gives me passion that I, when I am true to myself, they are the principles that I'm true to. And you know, my number one is curiosity. I lost my curiosity for a really long time and I have it back. And it is unreal how much passion I found from there. And number two is creativity. And it's not creativity in, in this, it's not creativity in writing my journal with like stories and poetry sometimes and stuff. It's creativity in taking knowledge from one area and applying it to another where it looks like it would have nothing to do with one another, but they do interact. And mm -hmm. that kind of creativity, that almost critical thinking and problem solving, like that makes me feel alive. And like, when you can name what your foundation is like that you're talking about, it's like this fire gets lit inside of you again. Like you're, you're a teenager and you're like, Oh my goodness, this is, this is amazing. What am I doing? And that is awesome. I love that you brought that up. Like this is all just like coming for, full circle. And I just had to talk about that because that's, that's incredible. And I love it. I love that. And I love hearing people name like what's important to them. And it's so beautiful when somebody has so much clarity around that. Like that was incredible clarity, not just creativity, but the exact type of creativity that, you know, really lights you up. Um, and I, I do core value work too. I, I usually designate a session with my one-on-one -on -one coaching clients to uh, literally unearthing core values and having people identify what those are and then exploring how do we keep in touch with them. Cause it's amazing how like we know what we value quote unquote and we can write it down, 
but we don't necessarily think about that. We don't necessarily think about it every day or even every week. Um, so one of the things I have people do is like get in touch with their core values, like to be able to move yourself to tears over how much you actually care about what's most meaningful to you. And then put those core values down somewhere you can see them and like put them in your external world, right? Like some people put a a sticky note on their steering wheel. Some people put a note on the bathroom mirror. Some people do uh, 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 the lock screen on their phone. But I think having your core values somewhere you can see them is amazing. I think about mine all the time, but it took a lot of drilling in to get to that point. And mine are peace, adventure, and generosity. I love um, it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think about how can I respond to this situation? Like I'll find myself in a challenging situation and I think about how can I respond to this gen, this, this situation from one or all of those core values? Like how can I respond with peace or adventure or generosity? How can I create that here? And there's never not an answer. Like if I'm really willing to look at it that way and I'm really willing to get over myself and whatever righteousness I, I, I might be holding on to, which I damn yes. sure can hold on to, <laughs> we, you know, we were talking about the ego before we started recording, you know, yeah. I have that, like, it takes a lot of honesty to be able to look at ways your ego showing up. And I, and to the extent that I can do that, it's shocking and horrifying <laughs> to see all the ways that my ego can show up. But if I'm willing to say, can I set that aside? Because I'm, it's really not interesting enough is the problem. My ego is not, um, it's not really what I'm interested in. I'm, I'm more interested in living from those core values. I want to create my life from that place. So if I can say, how do I respond from one of these values, it creates some really interesting things. Like I might end up sending flowers to somebody that I'm angry at as a result. Um, and that's something that's literally happened before as you know, <laughs> I'm angry at someone. I look at it through the lens of how can I create generosity, adventure and peace. And I show up at their house with flowers and invite them to go hiking with me. You know what I mean? It's just like a direct impact from being in touch with what really matters to us. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's a way to be healthy with conflict too, right? Like let's go hiking and talk about it or just realize that, you know, we can get through this and do something about it and not just sit in our anger and those feelings that really we're just feeling sorry for ourselves and are taking it out on other people. And not that that's what it always is, right? Because sometimes it's justified and you need to feel your feelings and go through them. And this is me telling you, this is RJ saying this, everybody who has been on this journey with me, who saw me two years ago, I'm saying you need to feel your feelings and go through it and find your true intentions and then just be okay with that being your true intentions. Don't punish yourself for it. It's okay to have those intentions. But once you identify them, it's not okay to act on them. And that's, mm. that's the difference. That's where, that's where it lies. 
It's like, oh, that's my intentions. Okay, that's interesting. Now I see kind of what I have to do. But like, you know, looking at your core values, like you said, you don't realize when you're not living from that place, how much it drags you down, how much you disconnect from yourself. Mm-hmm. And you just, you just find yourself lost. That was me for eight years. It's a long time. Yeah. Not realizing where I'm going. It's a long way back, let me tell you. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, it's just the way that the way that you can show up for yourself is it's incredible. So you did we are, answer the question? <laughs> yeah, you did a little it's bit. Funny. Right? I'm like, okay, wait a minute. What was the question? The we got, qu- I got very impassioned yeah. about the core value. <laughs> no, no, no. So, okay. How did I end up life coaching? Yeah. All right. I wanted to share spiritual experiences with other people. And the first way that I did that was through rock climbing. Now I could not have done this if I hadn't gotten sober. I want to make that very clear. I would not have had the capacity to start my own business if I had not gotten sober. The mm-hmm. first business that I started, okay, well, the first business that I started was technically uh, selling marijuana, but that we don't talk about so much. <laughs> so <laughs> technically I started my first business at 14, but my first legitimate business was as a rock climbing guide. Um, I started uh, taking people on outdoor trips and teaching climbing And I loved that because the mountains will give you the spiritual experience. Uh, And when you connect with other people through an experience like that, it's, it's very much uh, spiritual. Like I I once had somebody call me the next day and after we had done this really wild climb and, and certain things had gone wrong that had made it actually a pretty gnarly experience. And, um, but we, you know, we made it through and it was epic. And, um, he called me the next day. Uh, the the person I had taken up this this thousand foot cliff. This was in New Hampshire, and he said he said I just had to talk to you because I'm here. I'm at this party and I'm surrounded by all these people and nobody understands what I just went through yesterday. Like I just needed to talk to somebody who understands what just happened. And I was like, honestly, I feel the same way, right? So these are the kinds of experiences you can have climbing. Um, and, and that was a way to share truth with people in a way or share being present with people. Uh, and then as things progressed on my own recovery journey, I got really into self-development and personal growth and inner healing and healing the inner child and cultivating awareness and freeing aware. My, one of my favorite speech, uh, spiritual teachers, Ram Das, would say, extricating awareness from exclusive identification with the mind or exclusive identification with your own separateness, with, which basically just means finding the place in yourself where you are not your thoughts 
where you can have a witness experience, witness consciousness towards your thoughts and so that you don't have to push anything away or suppress anything, but you can be present with all of it and not be caught by it, not be overwhelmed by it or trapped by it. And I got very, very interested in how to cultivate that kind of freedom in meditation and through certain yogas. Like um, I do practice yoga in the traditional sense, but I practice other yogas more than like the yoga stretching, meditating yoga. I, I have a meditation practice and my yogas are more like climbing and mountain biking and surfing. Um, but uh, I just got really into all that stuff. And eventually I said, okay, I think I have this sober life pretty much like in a really good place. Like I'm always still learning and growing, but it took a long time to kind of really find like my rhythm and sobriety. And I had to draw on teachings from a lot of different places. And I felt a calling um, about two years ago to take all of that and put it together in one place and deliver that to other people. So I started up my coaching business, natural highs recovery. And I um, put together a coaching program for that exact purpose to kind of take all the things that have been most helpful for me and many others along the path and, and to share those teachings. Um, and uh, I guess I couldn't, I, I could, I, I don't know that I could have done anything else it just felt like you know my path you know that's a that's awesome i love i love how you took it all and put it in one place and like you had this trying to find your place through different philosophies and other areas and bringing it all to one like that's that's something that i think we lose is finding those different perspectives. And, you know, I like to say on the show, you don't know if you've never tried your favorite food, if you're not willing to try new foods, your favorite mm -hmm. food might be out there and you've never tried it yet. Mm -hmm. And so like, I've, I like to go out and try different cuisines and try different foods to see if I like it. And, you know, that's not something that I grew up with and it's not something that, I just kind of fell into it's been something I've had to be intentional about and then realizing that you want to give this gift that you've earned and you've learned and show people a path like that's that's amazing so when it comes to life coaching and helping people with the get the natural highs what is what do you think is something that people don't equate with sobriety that you've learned really helps people kind of get over that hump of I'm just kind of sitting at home watching TV, but I'm not drinking. So that's okay. Or I'm not smoking. So that's okay. To actually going out and experiencing your life. Yeah. I, I think I noticed that a lot of people in the recovery world and the sobriety world and different environments I was in were, were definitely better off than they had been in addiction by far. 
but that there was the, first of all, a lot of lingering addictions, a lot of like sugar and caffeine and nicotine. Um, and that second of all, that there was, um, not necessarily the presence of this experience of like thriving more than ever or the, uh, or having kind of, uh, a state of bliss be accessible to us. You know, we talk about the importance of feeling all, all feelings. I think that's incredibly important. I also think that that wet, that the whole, that the fruit of that is to be able to access deeper and deeper states of contentment and higher and higher states of joy. And, and that ultimately we really can be quite high on, on life, so to speak. And that's why I call my business natural highs. But I think that, um, people don't necessarily understand right off the bat that there's an actual reward system in your body and brain that drugs and alcohol tamper with and they screw around with it. That's how addiction happens. But that recovery is not just abstinence, but reclaiming that natural reward system and learning how to master it. That's what I'm super psyched about. That's what keeps me going. And that's what I love to share with other people. And that's what I wanted to really bring into the recovery world. Like if there was one theme, it's like, how do we master our natural reward system? Like I can go mountain biking and get these incredible endorphins, my own endogenous cannabinoids, endocannabinoids, my own body's cannabinoid system. It has the ability to release cannabinoids, which are, are a wonderful part of the reward pathway. Um, you know, I get dopamine and I get, um, I think I said endorphins already, this whole host of incredible benefits. Um, adrenaline and these things that are our inner pharmacy, so to speak, we have access to if we learn how to habitually activate them. But then I can come back from that same mountain bike ride and I can go into my meditation practice so that I'm not just, you know, high energy, burning myself out, cranking, you know, I don't want to be dependent on exercise too much because that'll lead to injury. And trust me, I've been there. (laughs) Uh, But if we can balance that yang kind of mountain biking activity with a yin practice of meditation, you know, stretching, meditating, breath work, you know, I I could have a day off and be like high all day because I started off with like a, a super nutrient dense smoothie And then from there, I'm going into, you know, whatever activities activate my reward system. And then from there, maybe meditation and maybe jumping in the oceans, Uh, the cold plunge effect has all kinds of benefits. And so, like, I really feel like I'm getting high out here. (laughs) I'm just not doing it with with drugs that have detrimental consequences. I'm doing it with everything that life offers us and the way that our natural reward system is built to incentivize us to do things that are healthy. For me, it's a reclaiming of the way that that all got tampered with when I was in my addiction. I, uh, (laughs) I just wanted to sit with that for a little bit because honestly, like, you know, we talk often about holistic 
you know, it's not just the mind, it's the body and it's the spirit. And I've been neglecting my spirit for so long that now that I'm tapping into it, that's, it's been interesting. And hearing you talk about it, like, you know, you don't have to go all the way to there right away. There's steps that you can take. Oh, I enjoy this. I enjoy a smoothie in the morning, a natural smoothie, right? And then do what you need to do, like for the rest of the day. And then, you know what, what's this, uh, what's this meditation thing that people keep talking about? I wonder if you might enjoy that. So then you have your, you know, your smoothie and then you have your meditation and that's, that's what it is like. And that's the thing that I think people that, especially in sobriety, you know, before we realize that the only thing holding us back is our imagination, that really what alcohol and drugs were is a wall in front of us that was painted to look like the horizon. And now we've just removed that. Now we see what the actual horizon looks like. Go and get the dang thing. Like, Mm -hmm. Go and experience it. There's nothing that you can't do that you did before. There's the only thing you're not going to do is numb your body. Take your reflexes away. Do all this stuff that you look back on and you're like, oh, sometimes I kind of miss that. But do do you really? No. So we think that we have to have this all or nothing. And we don't realize that we could take steps to find it. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when it comes to that holistic healing, like that is underrated. We hear it sometimes and we just start to shut our minds off, but you got to try it because there's so many ways to start that you will enjoy. And when you start to enjoy it, you're going to realize I need to be, I need to be around a group of people that are growth oriented, that are looking to get things out of life that we can be creative with one another. They really make me, make me want to be a better me and I can be myself with them. And I don't have to apologize for anything. I don't have to explain why I'm sober. I don't have to do anything like that. Then you look up Jake natural highs recovery. You join his coaching group (laughs) and you have some fun. So, (laughs) so Jake, um, what was, what has been like your, the practice that you've used that you've been like this, I need to take this a step further. Like, was it when you looked into, you know, your conscious, um, getting your conscious thoughts in there? and deconstructing it or what was like that practice that you're like, I really like this. I need to take this a step further and let's see where we can take it. I think it, I think the main one has to do with uh, moments when my mind is actually, I want to say completely silent if not very near, completely silent. Like that's a rare experience, but I think what really intrigues me is in the moments when I feel that there's nothing but this moment, 
Like I'm really aware of how everything that exists is here right now. This is all there is. And that my life is happening now. Like this is it. I I get flooded with awe and wonder and gratitude because I realize everything that has ever existed has led to this moment. It's all right here. Everything that will ever happen will come from this moment. It's all right here. This moment is literally the single most sacred thing that ever was, and I'm sitting in it. So I look at my life, and suddenly I feel as though I'm walking around in a miracle. And that experience, I really want to be able to share. I, 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 I don't know... Sometimes it comes through meditation. Sometimes it comes through climbing. Sometimes it comes through, um, you know, a leaf falling or just a moment of remembering that that's a possible state of consciousness to tune into. But every time I can get there or rather recognize that I'm here already, um, I think that's ultimately what it is for me. It's that that's my practice is, is I just want to be here present and I've been obsessed with finding different ways to do that ever since, you know, I like to open, uh, I, I do workshops sometimes, uh, or talks and I like to open with, you know, what's the difference between an addict and, or, or sorry, not what's the difference. What's, what's this, what is the addict and the monk have in common. What they have in common is they're both obsessed with altering their state of consciousness. <laughs> I mean, but they have very different methods for doing it. Yeah. But they're both building their lives around altering, sort of altering their state in a way. Um, and, you know, and uh, altering it, I mean, not altering it in the sense of denying feelings. That's an important distinction. But getting interested in how can I attend to my consciousness so that I can be present in my life? You know, that's what the monk is, is asking. And that leads down a very different road than than the addict way of doing it, which is, I'm going to take a jackhammer to this thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? Oh, um, yeah. But uh, I think that's my, my obsession is with, um, is with being a present, being grateful and um, finding the really the feelings of love that I find come from that state. I love that. This is, this is just like, this is the talk that I've needed. It's a, it's amazing um, that we're having this discussion, especially like just how my past week has been. It's been, it's just like, it's all culminated in this, like you've said. And um, I'm just, just grateful for the, the journey I've been on because it's led me here for the, Honestly, all of it, like when I look at it and 
yes, this is like a different RJ than people have experienced. Like there's just a, an acceptance for the reality that I helped create. Mm. And all I can do is try to make it the best reality for myself, for my kids, for everybody who I care about. That's it. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to not let them walk their path. That just means I'm going to be the best RJ. Because damn, I was not for a long time. And that did not work out well for anybody I care about. Mm. So be the best you. That's it. It's all you have to be in this life. Um, Jake, as we're kind of winding down, what's, what's one thing you want people to take away from this episode? What I would like people to take away is that you can really, truly be happier and healthier than ever in sober life. Uh, You can have more fun than ever in sober life. You can create a sober life that literally makes your drinking or uh, using life look like uh, so unappealing in comparison. So unappealing. Like it's a no brainer, which one of those lives you would want to live. So I think hang in there because if it doesn't feel that way yet, it's possible and listen to your heart and let it really, really try to quiet down your mind and hear your heart and let it point you to what the steps are to take in order to really create that truly full thriving sober life and, and then take those steps. I love it. Cause it's true. And we get stuck in that survival mode for too long. It's time to thrive people. It's time to thrive. Jake, where can people keep up with you? Where can they find uh, any groups you have going forward or anything you got going on now? Yeah, so we have our uh, Inner Ascent group coaching program starting in November. It's a small group of six. We have one spot open, but we're going to run a January group again. And then after that, I think I'm going to be possibly doing these groups every eight weeks. You can keep up with with that. You can keep up with um, all of my free content on Instagram. I'm uh, My handle is at natural highs recovery on Instagram and TikTok. So follow natural highs recovery. You'll find a lots of free content and community there for supporting thriving in a happy, healthy, sober life with a holistic approach. And, um, you know, if you are so inclined and you're interested in having a conversation, you can book a call with me totally free through the link in my Instagram bio. Um, Just click the link and click book a call and that'll give you a chance to uh, connect and explore whether coaching either in the group coaching or one-on-one or both, whether that might be uh, a good fit for you and might support you thriving in your sober journey. 
Um, so there's that. We also have a free Facebook group. Um, basically, all that stuff can be found via my Instagram, Naturalize Recovery. That's awesome. Thank you, Jake, for joining us. Make sure you go check him out. You can click the link that's going to be in the description. And uh, this conversation has been, it's been absolutely wonderful. And one day I'll be less surprised with the things that happen that seem like coincidences, but I'm still not at that point yet where I'm still <laughs> mind blown when these conversations happen. Um, this has been Untapped Keg. Thank you for joining us. Uh, the show where we uh, look at the different perspectives of sobriety and mental health so that you can take something and implement it into your life because we believe there's only one right way to sobriety. That's the way that works for you. Find us on all social media and go to untappedkeg.com slash community and leave a voice message that has your affirmation that you say daily or your mantra or just a saying that has helped you get through and you can be on the show. You'll get to hear your voice. You'll get to hear your words. I, if you don't want to use your voice, I can say it for you if you send the words and uh, join that community. You can join anonymously, but it's just a bunch of growth-minded individuals who uh share their perspectives on life and let's uh go from that surviving to thriving so let's try to be better tomorrow than we were today thank you have a great week i love you